0: Come on, what is he thinking? You've got a point
1: there. At least he's making sure that we're resupplied. The legged ship is still in orb. I'm sure of it. It'll head northwards when it departs. We'll spread our net there. Say what? Hold on just a minute! How can you even be sure that it's still there? If it's not there,
0: then we should probably head back to Carpentary and reassess the situation. We
1: didn't find any evidence of it. No. It's there, all right. Ah! We've been here for two whole days! The legged ship will be out of reach if he's guessed wrong! If you want to do something about it, I'll help. (gasps) Well, how about we try a coup (laughs) (laughs) d'etat?
0: No, I'm not stupid enough to want to take over this disaster at the moment.
2: and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. And today we have not one of my favorite episodes necessarily, one with a really good fight, but this episode is called The Turning Point, and I think that's really appropriate because this is the episode where when I rewatch the series, I have a hard time just not watching the series through.
1: Just because the momentum picks back up so much here.
2: Yeah. And like, the next bit of slow episodes are, like, the most exciting slow episodes in a TV series, like, I can think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So, I'm not sure if we're going to do a recap this episode, but I know you are fond of calling the coordinators Captain Americas. A little bit, yes. Or it just occurred to me that Orb is, like, space Bucky's. <laughs> 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 they're, like, of. not quite Captain America. They but... got some Captain
2: Americas, but, yeah. <laughs> really, they're just Space Japan in the... Japan are elves, they do everything better way.
0: Yeah, but in the other way, they're just space Sweden.
2: The thing is, while there is that neutrality thing, really what they're playing off of is the like Japanese feelings about 9-11, where America was pressuring them to join, but America 50 years ago had done all this work, telling them not to use their military for anything that wasn't explicitly
0: self-defense. And That's- there's the very like big cultural divide of what do we do now? That's kind of because we took most of it away and said they couldn't have one. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and then we told them, hey, take that and come help us. So there was very divisive feelings about what should be done. It is definitely
1: more Japan than Sweden because there are no meatballs. How do you know? That, well, we were not
0: shown whether or not there were meatballs. We
1: got to see a slice of life last episode as the janitor team. I was going to
0: say, tell me you don't want janitor Isaac and Diarca in an Ikea. Tell me that doesn't
2: make 22 <laughs> minutes of an excellent television. Oh man, I totally just had an image
0: of Diarca and Isaac trying to put together an Ikea cabinet. Yeah, I was actually kind of imagining them trying to pick out a couch. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would be amusing. Dude, this would be the perfect couch. No, it's too fluffy. We need a harder couch.
1: Yeah, because obviously Izak wants like a really hard couch and Diarca wants like something soft or maybe even a beanbag.
0: <laughs> yeah, Diarca <laughs> wants the kind of couch you will lose yourself in if you if you yeah. aren't focused.
1: And
2: Izak wants a military couch, <laughs> which is to say a straight chair. All right. Yeah. So last time we got through the boring clip episode and we got to an exciting emotional episode where Kira broke up with Flay.
1: Uh, that happened last episode? Yeah. Yes, oh, it did. That is true. I guess we get to see her uh, shock later this episode.
2: So. If you haven't been watching with us, come on, Gundam Seed's really good. Although actually, if you wanted to pick up here, we're through the slow part. We just made it through the part of the series I consider kind of the worst. Even though that last episode was pretty good.
1: What What is the absolute bare minimum recap that someone would need to start watching the show at this point?
2: Kira and Atherin were best friends. Uh, now they're on opposite sides of a war. Some people are coordinators. They're super good at everything. Kira's the only one with the Earth Forces. Kigali's his sister. We don't know that yet, but we know that. <laughs> oh, also, Kira and Tal are friends. They're cool. And Nickel and
0: Atherin are friends, because foil characters. Here's the right actual answer to that. Go watch it from episode one. And skip the skip the ocean arc. It's okay. Actually, I'm- Except
1: there are important issues that happen during the ocean arc. That is true. I'm actually wondering if Sai becomes important again, now that Flay's like-
0: yes nah, No, cuz he does. Okay.
2: Yeah, Cuzzy. Cuzzy Cuz he becomes captain of the Archangel. After oh, wh- death.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: death. Cuz is incredibly important later captain on, on in the Kurt, series. We need to
2: fire the Valiants.
1: Well, actually, that makes a lot of sense, because why else would they have paid money for hobos to act as his parents in the previous episodes?
0: Well, like Jeremy said, foil characters. Cuz he's useless, and Maru is a pretty good leader. I feel like Maru is Man, a pretty okay who leader. Who is Zaf's Cuzzy?
2: <laughs> Nickel. I think it was Rusty. <laughs> I feel like Rusty was Psy. He
0: was the center of the social... No, but Gail was Psy. Yeah, I was gonna say. So you're right, it was Rusty. Okay. So that's the foil to Cuzzy is... Already dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because Cuzzy was basically just emotionally dead in the first place. So I
0: think the actual answer is, uh, what is the Zaft version of Mirialia? Well, Rusty's girlfriend, who is now plotting revenge, and
2: or that girl who shows up later, who just hangs out with Isaac silently because she was supposed to be a cameo for the person who sings the third opening, and her schedule never cleared up.
1: I was actually just going to say Isaac. Oh, really? Yeah. I, th- I think Ezek is just shows Millie.
2: Anything else we want to say before we start? This is a pretty good one. We can get into it. I was going to say this episode's fight uses a lot of stock footage masterfully, but I'm thinking of the next episode.
1: Yeah, no, actually, I did not recognize basically any of the scenes from the fight in this one.
2: There are a few that get reused, but not many. And it's stuff that we to reused so often it just sort of settles in, like the buster taking aim, the archangel firing missiles.
1: Oh, yeah, there was a lot of that. In fact, I think they even use the same scene twice in this.
2: Uh, no, I think there's only one. They definitely are episodes where they use that missile firing sequence twice, but I don't think it's this one. So yeah, we are watching episode 29, The Turning Point. If you're watching along on YouTube, which is really the way you should, it's the easiest, it's episode 27 because of those two clip episodes we skipped, and somehow we still got a clip episode. It's also
0: (laughs) a lot cheaper than trying to get it otherwise.
2: Yeah, even Hulu is overpriced. So we start with a last time on. Nothing new
1: on this one. I'm a little confused about some of the clips they chose to be in this last time.
0: I think they're trying to hit all the, like, important stuff that happened last episode. What you need to understand what happened in an important side of things. Like, Kira and Flay's Breakup. breakup.
1: Like, that's important. I just, like, I feel like the only important part of the conversation Kigali and Kira have is, but if we keep on fighting, the war will never end a bit. Like,
2: that's probably all they use, though. And like I said, the first time I watched it, I missed the last episode. And this last time on, I saw it the first time. I literally didn't realize I hadn't seen it. The first time through it's like my third watching <laughs> like they get this really important bit at the fence too and we don't get the emotional music or anything but they get the important parts
1: it's got my porn collection on it <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know for whatever reason i never quite put the things together but kigali totally is always wearing dog tags she is
1: i'd never noticed that until
2: you just pointed it out
1: yeah that's actually one of the first things i noticed when they introduced her in the like rebel camp
2: i assume the they're desert. all
1: dog tags from the rebels that's kind of what i assumed or her dog tags for the Rebels, like, as her way of, like, showing solidarity with them.
2: That would make sense, too. Still a good opening. I don't know that we have anything more to say about it, though. At least we don't have boob bounces to snicker yep, we, at. <laughs> I, I'm Tyler free of no that for, like, snickering. 20 episodes. Yeah, Although, definitely. I gotta
0: say, I it hasn't quite happened yet, but I really like the reuse of the Kigali and Atherin pointing guns at each other, but back they back. switched them around, yeah. So they l- use the same image, but they just change the position, basically. There's lots of really good
2: stuff like that in this one, especially the, like, officers all kind of walking away from each other and Flay chasing after Kira. Lots of really good staging. But yeah, that is just a switch on
0: something they already had. Which is one of the reasons why I actually quite like how they use that.
1: That all lasers firing shot now, for some reason, reminds me of Mega Man's Super Smash.
2: (laughs) I can see that. All hands on deck. All right, so we open up once the opening is over with the Archangel being repaired and Rambo, or Kisaka, as he now looks like, now that he's combed his hair and put (laughs) on his military dress uniform, just kind of giving the Archangel staff, only the helmsman is taking Moos' place, I guess he was on break, giving them all the info they have. And they're basically just talking about their plan. Basically, if they can get past the Tropic of Cancer, they'll be in the air defense of the Earth forces and they'll be safe. But there's a major operation going on and forces are gathering
0: near Panama. So I actually, like thinking about it, I asked the question, why is the helmsman there? But I think the reason why you'd have the helmsman there, that's kind of his area of expertise, is the maneuvering and yeah. positioning of the ship. I think
2: so they're planning a route, so, so it would make sense to yeah. have the helmsman there.
1: I would like to point out really quickly, I did not recognize Kisaka as that character until you pointed it out to me. <laughs> he looks very different.
2: So then they turn to politics, and Badgerl's basically like, Hey, is it true that uh, good old Atha didn't actually know anything about the Gundams being made? Which is a weird question. Yeah, uh, I don't know why she cares. Oh, because she's very pro-Earth forces, and this affects what they
0: do, diplomatically speaking. And she's kind of a sarcastic person in the first place. Very by the book, but also kind of caustic. So as Kasaka's explaining no and talking about Orb's ideology
2: a little more, we get a few shots. We get sigh, kind of pensive in reading. We get Flay looking honestly stoned, but she's <laughs> supposed to look like devastated and distant. And I really like it. Again,
0: Flay's face gets the most money poured into it. Well, it's emphasized because like someone goes by and it causes a breeze to ruffle her hair and but her the, face
1: remains completely still
0: and the clipboard. So it's clearly a pretty significant breeze, but not a single reaction. Yeah, she is definitely in her own head.
1: Then we get a shot of Toll in the training chair, which like, I did not see this coming, but I guess he really wanted to beat Kigali's high score.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, you know. He, no, we, they just told him he wasn't getting dinner until he did.
2: We did see him before really wanting to get on the training, even though he wasn't as good as Kigali. So Captain Ramius basically sympathizes with Lord Izumi, even though he's clearly very idealistic and maybe not the most realistic person.
1: And we see someone, like, having a laser light show on the Archangel, which I assume is supposed to be welding or something. But My only problem with that is there are no people doing that welding, so... Maybe it's automatic laser welding in space. Space Earth.
2: The manga main character gets hired to help with it, so I presume someone is doing it. So then Kisaka's like, hey, yeah, I was born in desert town, so that's why I was there.
1: And then also went to Orb to join their military, and then went back to Desert Town, I guess? Well, he Presumably... says he doesn't
2: have any family there anymore, so I presume his family moved to Orb? Yeah, and pres- gave
0: it money, I guess? Presumably he was with Kigali, or chasing after Kigali, and that's why he was there. Because he mentions that through their help, he was able to bring one runaway girl home, so...
2: So then we cut to Atherin, <sighs> sitting on his submarine, hair blowing in the sea breeze, as he prepares to angst.
1: Looking very Billy Bud.
2: But we cut to... Atheron and Isaac inside the Isaac and Diarka? Yes. What did I say? Atherin
1: is and Isaac.
0: The dialogue is not aligned. I realized like, I didn't miss something because he he says, Come on, what's he thinking? Isaac says, Come on, what's he thinking? And Diarka's reply is you've got that right. Yeah. That's that's like, not a
1: reply to the question. No, that's basically saying, Yeah, I agree with your sentiment. But at least we're getting rest as apparently Diarka's reading porn in public, I guess. Maybe that's He's the thing military. they do together. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. I guess that is a thing.
2: And it's very softcore. It's a swimsuit issue. <laughs> it's TV porn.
1: E- either that or he's reading his favorite manga and it's just the swimsuit episode.
2: <laughs> so then they flash back to Athrun and Rowler Crusading at them and being like, no, we'll stay here. They're in Orb. They're gonna come right at us. But they don't trust them
0: like they trust a guy in a mask who's always <laughs> screwing with them.
1: Put it that way, I can't blame them. <laughs> so
0: Eza uh, gets all mad at Atherin and asks him about reassess or he gets all mad and then Nickel
1: asks if they should return to Carpentaria, which is actually the fact. That's a very reasonable request from Nickel.
2: Yeah, everyone's kind of doubting Atherin, but Atherin knows what he knows. But <laughs> as they pointed out, they even snuck into Orb and didn't find anything. They just had a janitor day.
0: Yeah, and uh <laughs> Athrin ran into some random guy with a weird base, bird,
1: with a weird animatronic bird. Yeah, can't he tell them that? Like, I recognize one of the pilots.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, then he would have to admit that he knew the pilot. Why? If he could
1: recognize him. Like, doesn't someone other than Athrin know that? Raller Crusaders. Yeah. So why is this information being kept secret? I don't get it. Because, because he's actually a jerk and wants to murder that guy. That's fair, and And Atherin would like that guy not to be murdered. Well, the thing is, you'd also
0: end up with the kind of a situation where they would begin to doubt whether or not, or which side he's on.
1: That's fair, or at least question his, I guess, commitment to the cause.
0: I mean, it's the same reason why Kira hasn't told anybody on his side that he knows Atherin.
1: I just assume that's because Kira has no idea how to process emotions.
0: (laughs) That's probably part of it. So Izak
2: is pissed because they've been there for two days, and Diarka, who's starting to grow a personality, is like, Hey, you want to take over the ship? Let's try a coup d'etat. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey. mutiny.
0: That'll do you good. To
2: be fair, Diarka laughs because he's clearly joking. And Isaac, after a moment, smiles. He uh, has a pretty good line of the dub. And he's like, I don't want to take over this mess.
1: <laughs> That's actually pretty good. And then we get tentacle monsters retracting into one of the ships. Presumably fuel yeah, lines. They just look silly. <laughs>
2: Back to Ather and Angsting. And flashing back to, again, the scene last episode, where he was talking to Kira through the fence.
1: Turns out this is actually just a really long con on Kira's part to weaken Atherin's resolve.
2: But Atherin, as actually one of like the defining Atherin lines to me, which is, but you were still on the other side of that fence, which is really good with, he's tried to recruit Kira in the past, and feels like he should be on their side,
1: and he's just frustrated that he can't. Yeah, like at what point does Atherin just give up on Kira? Because um, I feel spoiler, like soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, spoiler, it ain't long. He also flashes back to Kigali yelling at him. And he's like, well, at least she was telling the truth about not being in the Earth military. That was a weird twist of fate. So then Nickel gets super excited and runs up to him. And he's like, Atherin, we could totally see some flying fish over there. Come on. And, and <laughs> yeah.
1: Atherin just completely deadpanned. is like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no. And
2: Atherin's like, I'm busy brooding, Nickel. Ugh. <laughs> but Nickel's like, yeah, don't worry. I trust in you, Atherin. I mean, Commander-san, Senpai-sama. <laughs> Then way smiles can and, you
1: strap to that, Jeremy.
2: Oh, you, you, you would not see me begun to strap honorifics.
1: Atherin smiles and Nickel's heart melts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Atherin's just kind of like, hey, Nickel, why did you join the military? You don't seem like the type. And he's just like, yeah, after I saw uh, Space 9-11, I felt like I should also. Like, it was my responsibility to fight.
1: Also, all that piano practice has really got a lot of pent-up aggression now.
2: He asks, "Why about you, Atherin? And he just says, uh, the same reason, Nickel. Which is true. Kind but, of. But he doesn't go into, oh, yeah, my mom was there and she died. He's being very close to the chest and broody and emo. And I really like that. Even though Nickel's probably the person he's opened up most to. It's very in character anyone. since yeah, he really hasn't
0: mentioned it to pretty much anybody that that I know of. Like, he, he told, told he, Kira. He told Kira, yes, and presumably Ralu Crusade knows, but... Yeah. I was actually going to say something that he goes into very much.
1: He's actually just taking lines out of Crusade's notebook, which is don't tell your subordinates anything yep. ever.
0: Yep. <laughs> what, what did <laughs> you say about uh, what you heard about Persona 5 on our other podcast? It's uh, don't tell you anything and yeah. shut up.
1: Yeah,
2: you're being interrogated and your options are I won't tell you anything or shut up. And then you go back in time and you ask questions and the people are like, I can't tell you anything or they say shut up. And that's how Athrin operates. Yep. I do really do like him taking a page out of Rao Crusade's book here. He just seems like a mini Crusade. But as the audience, we've seen his work. So we know his plan is good. Whereas with Rao, it's always just mystery and Moo flashes.
1: The question is, is he secretly meeting Moo behind enemy lines like <laughs> Athrin is meeting Kira? <laughs>
2: that would be kind of great if there's just like an alternate camera shift. And it's just them like two yards down the fence on a building. <laughs> <laughs> We cut to the Archangel getting ready to launch now that it's been prepared.
1: Yeah, it's currently in dry dock, and they're flooding the dock so they can sail out on its sweet sailing mechanisms, apparently. Was it intentionally designed to be amphibious like this? Probably.
2: Yeah, I think it's designed to be all-terrain, basically.
1: It just doesn't have its drill
2: attachment yet. We get a shot of the orb kids, like, kind of being forlorn about having to leave,
0: specifically Cuzzy and Millie.
1: Except for Toll. Toll's like, you know what? I've done all the simulations. I I think with
0: uh, Millie, it's also a... Well, Toll's going out in combat, to, Yeah, right? the fact that Toll is preparing to be a fighter pilot. Yeah, so Toll is
2: all seated up and he's in the pilot seat of Skygrasper number two with Murdoch, Kira, and Moo kind of quizzing him about what's going on. He's like, come on, I've had all sorts of simulation training. I've got the same
1: voice actor as Inuyasha.
2: It'll be fine.
1: Yeah, this didn't even occur to me, but like, Toll and Millie are like the only stable relationship in this show. So. Does he have the same
0: voice actor as Inuyasha in Japanese? No, I, no, just the okay. English stuff. I, I was just curious, cause I, I knew he did in, in English, I just didn't know if it was the case.
2: Yeah, kind of. I mean, you can argue, Kigali and Kira's relationship is okay. If you're talking romantic relationships, definitely.
1: Nonsense. Okay, that is true.
0: Waltfield and his wife, they're dead. <laughs> but it was stable.
1: That's true. Until they fell over onto a sword. It was a dagger.
0: No, it was a dagger and they were stabbed. In the back, specifically.
2: So they're like, well, yeah, we would be in better shape with two planes out, but we don't want you to get killed. But Tall's just like, come on, I've got to take some responsibility. You can't be the only one who fights. And this, to me, is like a really defining Tall moment. He hasn't actually had that much screen time, but I always really think of him as the guy in the friend group that has Kira's back and is trying to be responsible.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of get the same thing, and I and I think you're right. I think it's attached to the fact that this is a defining moment of him actually helping out, and especially later when he is backing Kira up in the fight later in this episode. So, what was Toll doing before? He's he was part pilot? of con- he was part of the control or part of the CIC.
2: Yeah, I think he was specifically like a targeting officer. I'm not sure exactly what his job was.
0: He was on the bridge. Okay.
2: He was not communications like Millie. I don't know what Sai does either.
0: I think they're both strikers,
2: actually. Like
0: Cuzzy is like other ship
2: communications and Millie is communications with
0: their aircraft. I think but with the exception of Millie, I think they're all just strikers. So like they are a second officer in case the actual officer in charge of that gets hit.
2: I think we've seen tall typing during fights, but Mm
1: -hmm. he's actually just texting Millie. He's texting Millie.
2: You up? I can see you. Yes. We cut to some mechanics kind of watching the Archangel pulling out on a view screen. And Flay is there too, still looking miserable.
1: She looks slightly less comatose than she did before. Now she just looks sad. She's
2: now double grieving. She's still going through grief of her father. And now she's also going through grief of her breakup. Clearly not in a good spot. We then cut to Orb Castle. Because Ob. And Kigali is strapping up in her military uniform.
0: I guess it's her Desert Dawn outfit. I always well I always kinda of thought of that at least the vest that she's wearing is kinda of, it's a, I think it's supposed to be a flak vest of some kind.
2: Yeah. She also flashes back to last episode where she saw Kira and Athern at the fence, which makes me think she knows that's Athern. Just the way this flashback in particular is shot.
1: Although as Zach pointed out, she really should have just asked the doctor to drive the car over to the fence rather than stopping the car and then running all the way over to the fence.
2: So as she's like getting ready to put her gun, she's packing for war camp. Her dad comes in He's like, hey, are you leaving with them? You're going to go fight and be an Earth Forces soldier? Uh, Kigali, who wants to have her cake and eat it too, is like, no, I'm just going to help them. But her dad gives all strict dad on her and is like, hey, so what's that going to do?
1: He's like, I'm going to say something that will remind you of this other guy that's dead. He's
2: like, hey, will fighting when the war. And she flashes back both to Andrew Waltfeld and Kira kind of philosophizing about the end of war. And she's seen a lot of that recently. And the answer to Waltfield's
1: question is still, yes. I mean, if you kill every enemy, yes, the war is over. But at that point, is it worth it? I think is really supposed to be the implication. Yes. Facetiousness aside. <laughs> God damn it.
2: What? But what is the point of having a war in the first place? To win.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, it's generally resource acquisition. De- dear Congress, or... <laughs> we would like to win.
2: Therefore, I believe we should declare war. We should war <laughs> everyone. One v all. One v one me at. Africa, bro. (laughs) That was continental Europe. Continental? (laughs) Colonial. That was colonial Europe.
1: No, that was continental breakfast.
0: (laughs) Uh, I still wish there was a country called Breakfast now.
2: So Lord Azumi goes through, again, what I think is kind of his defining moment, where he gives a speech about how if you kill someone's son, their mother will hate you. If you kill someone's brother, their sister will hate you. And if someone killed you, Kigali, I would hate them. And Kigali's like, no, stop being an idealistic idiot. And he kind of returns with the same thing. It's basically like, one person fighting isn't going to change anything. You can do more good diplomatically.
1: And he's basically, I love that line, learn the causes of war.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see here, resources, territory, religion. Ideology, in this case. Ideology, yeah, okay, learned them. Board games. Board games. (laughs) To win. (laughs) To (laughs) win, yes. See, to win is the final objective of war. I
1: love victory.
2: And we fade from the scene on the shot of Kogali's gun.
1: Which was holstered, which is a metaphor. So the Archang- I think you just like the word metaphor. I really do, yeah.
2: So the Archangel leaves with an escort of orb warships basically there just to help falsify data and make it look less suspicious because there are a bunch of ships going out.
0: You know, it seems to just me one. like they also picked up another person because Tall's spot on the bridge has been filled. Uh, they just got the guy who was on night shift. As the Archangel's pulling out, they ask Kira to go up on the upper deck.
2: And Kigali is running towards the Archangel uh, in her new dress military uniform. It's got a cool ascot and some epaulets. It's very Gundam wing. Yeah, it really is. Very French Navy. I guess French aristocracy more than Navy. But she's like, hey, Kira, look at that window. Your parents are there. And his dad's got the goofy grin waving bye to his son.
1: And then his mom has like some really bad gas all of a sudden <laughs> and like just kind of leans to the side there. And Kira is like, do I smell pinto beans?
2: So Kigali somehow gets up on the deck of the ship real fast. Is like, Kira, why did you refuse to meet them? She can teleport as long as nobody's looking at her. Good power. But Kira has an emotional, like, just tell them I'm not ready and I can't do it. Which is, again, really good. And I don't know if I talked about it enough last week, but I really like how in Kira and Flay's breakup, the inciting cause, even though it was clearly building, is Flay just completely misunderstanding Kira when he has very important reasons to himself not to see his parents. And her taking that as just pity. I really like that. It's very realistic, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, and the fact that they're shitty teenagers and don't communicate well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah that's that's also a
1: cause. I really like that all of Orb's military uniforms involve ascots.
0: <laughs> and, and it's also a pretty significant difference, because Kigali clearly actually does understand Kira and doesn't really press him. Although, Kigali being a very emotional individual also... Leaps in and uh glomps gives him. him. A, yeah, li- him and gives him a hug, and the reaction of the parents is just like,
1: Oh my god! Oh
0: no, what if incest?
1: <laughs> I like how Rambo doesn't react at all. Literally, his he's face does it. not change. He knows what
2: their relationship is. <laughs> yeah. he, he's probably
1: seen Kigali hug Kira like 10 times. Okay, Doctor Lady's expression doesn't change in the slightest. She, does, she probably doesn't know. Yeah,
0: she probably doesn't know it's anything other than a couple of teenagers being teenagers, whereas the others are like, Oh my God as Jeremy put
2: it what if incest but it's just a you know a totally normal hug there's not even much hip action and uh, Kigali's just like, hey don't get killed
1: she looks oddly sly while she says that though <laughs> I
2: think she's just trying to cover she, she's trying can... to make light of things I think
0: because Kira kind of has the same a similar expression until he starts crying so then the Archangel starts.
2: Slowly not taking off, I guess. Is it taking off when a ship goes out uh, the It would barking. be departing. Departing,
0: yeah. Man, that water animation. I know. Is it's not very good. 2002,
1: ain't it? Then everyone just stares slightly off to the side. Not because the Archangel's taken off, but because a really weird looking seagull just flew past the opening. They're wondering how it got inside. That's actually a really nice shot of it coming out, though. The mist effect, I think, works well. I I
0: think it leaving the mist behind the orb destroyers really gives you a sense of just how big that ship is because it towers
1: over them and it's at least three of them wide. So, for some reason, the shot right before the eye catch, the top of the Archangel, I guess where the bridge is, looks really a lot like a Pokemon's head to me in that scene, (laughs) and I don't know why.
2: (laughs) I can kind of see what you mean. It's animated just a little funny. So, then we get the eye catch, as Tyler said. Hey, everybody. It's Jeremy this time, not Tyler. Thank you for listening, as always, to episode 27 of It's a Gundam. We are finally at the point where I wanted to get from the very beginning. This is my favorite stretch of Gundam Seed episodes, starting with this episode. And if I'm honest, going for the entire series, but especially the next six or seven are just really my favorite parts. And I think my enthusiasm really comes out, as well as the quality of the episodes... So, as always, I hope you enjoy listening. If you do, please consider telling a friend about the show, now that we're at kind of the high point of Gundam Seed. If you know someone who you think might like Gundam Seed and enjoys podcasts, or just somebody who you think might like to talk about Gundam, refer them over. In the meantime, if this is your first episode, you can find our website, www.lastpodcast.com. That's where we have all our previous episodes, our mobile suit ranking list, as well as links to join our Discord. If you want to talk to us, Discord is the best way. We're getting new people in there almost every week, which is really nice to see. Uh, Slack just joined, so welcome Slack. And if you want to hear some people talk about G Gundam and Super Robot Wars a lot, that's mostly what's been going on in the Discord. So if you want to get in on that, go ahead, join us there. You can also email us at gundam at lasttimeonvideogames.com or just leave a comment on the website. And since this is a pretty good episode, I will let you guys get back to it. We come back and Atherin is just Fixing his lack of tie as he goes onto My the crusade. bridge of the submarine and is like, though, they're on maneuvers. And it's like, yeah, but it wasn't scheduled. Hurry up with those IDs. He's very, again, he's channeling his crusade, his only commander role model. So that makes sense. No signs of any enemies in the area. Well, it's sub, so. And they're still in orb territory. So the escort or battleships turns basically to leave them as they leave the territory. And Kira, in his full flight suit, walks up to board the strike. And Murdoch's like, hey, bro, what up? There are no orders. And Kira very forlornly is like, we'll be attacked as soon as we leave.
1: (laughs) That's just how today's going. I don't really think they're battleships, by the way. I'm pretty sure they're destroyers. So really quick, does the fact that Orb obviously escorted the Archangel out have any like political ramifications later on? I don't think so. I don't think Atherin is in a mindset to report that. Okay. I feel like that's important information for Zap to use to, like, prolong the war.
2: I feel like if Rally Crusade was here, it probably would. But Athern is soft towards Kigali, clearly doesn't want them to get involved, feels guilty about involving Kira already,
0: which was an attack on a neutral nation. And it's entirely possible that that's also part of Representative Atha's overall plan, because even if they did identify it, all that would really do is Zaf would de- probably declare war on Orb. Yeah, no, and I feel like Orb they want into to the side. I yeah. th-
2: they've said they don't. They've repeatedly said, "Hey, let's
0: let the sleeping beast lie." So Zaft doesn't actually want to start shit with Orb right now. So even though they know that they escorted the Archangel out, they don't want to start a fight, so they're more likely to ignore it until they're ready to turn around after killing the Earth Forces to crush Orb.
2: Yeah, neither side wants Orb to join the other because it's already, you know, kind of a close war but especially they would probably help the Earth forces more because their limited cooperation has already produced fantastic mobile suits and a great battleship.
1: But only one pilot for those fantastic mobile suits.
0: Indeed. Well, it came up with five pilots. They just
1: have to be on different wrong.
0: sides. We get a very majestic look of the Archangel taking off into the sky again.
2: athern's team is all in their mobile suits, and they get a. We've ID'd the ship. It's the legged ship. And Isaac has like a disbelieving look on his face. Diarka gives this impressed whistle, again, developing a bit of personality. And Nickel's like, damn, Atheron, you were right. I like, get the feeling great.
0: that at this point, the writer realized, shit, we haven't actually given Diarka a personality that isn't <laughs> opposite of Isaac.
2: They have a little bit. He has cooled Isaac down before, but I feel like this is really when Diarka comes into his own. And in the near future, he's going to have a lot of opportunity to so, do like- stuff.
1: He's always joined in with Isaac's ribbing of Atherin, but I always feel like he's been a lot more good-natured about it than Isaac is. So I'm kind of wondering if he's going to step in to fill that role after the end of this episode a little bit, because certain spoilers. Yeah. They're only very temporary spoilers, but...
2: So Atherin's like, all right, today's the day. We're going to take it down. And he has reason to be
0: confident since they did so well the last time they fought.
1: Yeah, historically, so- these four attacking the Archangel and the Strike... Have just kind of
0: well. To be fair, the last time they went after it was already badly beaten up and uh, running low on supplies. I guess I kind of forgot about that.
1: And the
2: first time that Kira went Super Saiyan, he kind of routed them. Although I don't think Athrun was there.
0: When he first went Super Saiyan, he didn't actually engage Diarca or Izak because that was against Waltfeld specifically.
2: No, that's in space. That's the one where he like throws the beam saber, knees Izak, uh, takes out. Oh, I always thought it was against Waltfeld. I must no. have. I must be mixed up. Waltfeld kind of calls him out about it. That's where he calls him a berserker. And he's like, "Hey, Moo, what's a berserker?" He's like, "Oh, it's a prestige class for barbarians. <laughs> yeah, they they, uh, they can rage and they don't die.
1: They get a D twelve plus four hit die. So
2: they deploy the." Four Gundams on the ghouls, the Green Goblin Squad. And as always, the Raiders like, three, no four machines. It always <laughs> acts up at first. And they're like, "Ah, oh, it's the Blitz, the Buster, the Aegis, and the Duel. Like, always.
1: They were hiding. Duh. And Maru actually gets this oddly confident look. Like, obviously she's mildly concerned, but it looks like she thinks someone just activated her trap card.
2: Zach has complained about Kira not warning them about the attack that's coming, but I'm pretty sure they suspected this was a possibility and have this plan. This is the Archangel's best plan to date, certainly.
0: Yeah, but like, I still think Kira should have warned them just because Maru is demonstrating competence and, you know, Badrill is... At this point, they've just got a lot of experience dealing with this problem. So I get the feeling that it was also partly a matter of they've just been hypothesizing ways to get around them at this point.
2: All the feats they've taken their entire career path have been to take out these four guys.
0: Yes, Pre- well, obviously, uh, Kira
1: takes spring attack, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Marievan says, we just have to get past them. We don't have to fight them. I know it'll be tough, but let's do it. And Madgeral's like, display smoke discharges, which is the first time we've seen this, which adds a cool new element to the fight. I've talked about how Gundam Seed has been stepping up their fight scenes, and they've saved a lot of money over those clip episodes. And slow ones for some cool animations and some cool tricks. We get to see Kira plug it in, plug it in. Yeah, Kira equips the launcher strike and plugs the gun right into the Archangel, which starts deploying smoke and it's got this nice fog cloud
0: around it. I actually really like that idea, although
1: it seems very... Um, like, you have to be in atmosphere for that to be useful. Yeah,
0: it, for a space battleship, it just seems extraneous. I assume that
2: it uses the same tubes as, like, the anti-beam depth charges, which it only uses in space. Like I said before we were recording, I assume the reason we've never seen it before is that. It hasn't been equipped with that until now, when it could actually get equipped for ground combat.
1: Entirely possible. Toll looks super surprised right before he has to launch.
2: I think it's more nervous, and Moo gives him the same advice he gave Kigali. Don't get shot down. Give advice. Yeah, bring back my backup. <laughs> Don't die. And Millie, as she's telling him to... Take off has this really nice, be careful after it, that both the Japanese and American voice actresses do a real good job with.
1: That kind of reminds me of Star Fox, the good luck at the end of the briefing for each yeah. beginning mission.
2: And as Tall takes off, he gets basically the same exact reaction to G-Force's Kigali had. I almost wonder if this is a reused animation on the head. Clearly, they've repainted the face. The colors are so different. I think probably not, but it looks so similar to me.
1: I do like the fact that they had the reaction because both of them spent a lot of time in the simulator, but had never actually experienced actual G-Force. Yeah.
0: Well, also, the other reason why I really like it is it contrasts how Kira and Mu take off because both of them are so used to the G-Forces at this point, they don't even react. Did Kira ever react to it?
2: I'm not, not sure if really, he did launching.
0: But Kira also, like I get the feeling the strike is heavier, so it doesn't actually
1: feel the G-Forces quite as much. Or maybe it has one of those nice, like, spring seats so that it, like, rocks back a little bit. Oh, those are nice.
2: Moo actually is going with the Ale Strike. This is the only time in the series we see that on a skygrasper, And because he's in unit number two,
1: Tall gets the sword. Aw, but I, I feel like that's really not a rookie weapon.
2: That's not even an expert weapon. That is not a jet weapon. (laughs) <laughs> Although Kigali did manage to take out that one uh, landship with it. That is a plot weapon. <laughs> Izak and uh, Diark have a nice reaction where Diark is kind of serious like a smoke screen. Izak's like, oh, they're trying to be cute with us. They want to do something new too, huh? So the Skygraspers both launch right at them and scatter. And Mu's like, yeah, good job. No, don't
1: die. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm going to go do my thing. You do your thing. So then, again, just a cool little bit of realism that we don't get in Gundam a lot. We get in the 08th MS team and some of the original Gundam. Tall is acting as a spotter and just transmitting coordinate data to Kira
0: for inside the smoke to I, make the plan work. Yeah, I really like that because it's something we haven't gotten a chance to see because with only Mu and Kira, uh, you need Mu not to be just sitting there transmitting data and Tall has no experience in combat. So instead, just have him basically doing the, Job of awacs at the time, so
2: and also the launcher strike kind of seems like a sniper, so it's this cool element of it we've not really seen before. Really, it's mostly been in melee combat, despite being a ranged it, weapon.
0: It's heavy fire support is basically what it should be is heavy direct fire support,
2: and it gets to actually play that role on top of the archangel, no less, which is cool because it's an extra gun. Unfortunately, he doesn't hit anybody, and Athern gives the order to scatter. Shot goes right through the
0: formation, which is cool, but. Although none of them seem to grasp that the reason why he almost
1: hit them was because of one of those sky graspers.
2: No, but I think they're like just busy dodging fire at the moment.
1: Yeah, because Moo's sitting there laying down suppressing fire.
2: So then there's a cool shot of the strike yanking the power cable it plugged in out. That didn't last long, but it is a pretty cool shot because it turns on the armor at the same time and jumps out of the smoke at them, surprising them. It gets advantage on the attack roll. Diarka and Izak try to shoot it, but it's Kira. He dodges, does a sweet flip, and upside down shoots the beam at Diarka's
1: ghoul.
0: I love Diarka's reaction is, you won't get past me. It's He's he's really not trying to get past you. Although
1: he does anyway, so.
0: So yeah, then Akira does his
2: sweet kick move. Kicks Diarka off the ghoul, sending him into the sweet embrace of gravity, his second rival. And Diarka is out of this fight. Izak reacts like an Izak by screaming and shooting.
0: But, um, specifically firing his Vulcans for that, some reason, and not the beam rifle he's so, carrying.
1: And the, actually, specifically, the fact that Ezak then charges him is the only reason that Kira can then steal his ghoul.
0: Uh, he doesn't steal his ghoul. That's later. No. Uh,
1: Never mind.
2: But I do really like this shot because they're both just firing the Vulcans, but Ezak targets the strike, which has the phase shift armor and is impervious, and Kira shoots down the ghoul. Kira's using the Launcher Strike's ballistic cannon. Yeah. Which... he's firing the Vulcans at the same time, too. He's just using all his uh, shell weapons.
1: So almost immediately, Izak and Diarca are out of the fight. Yeah, leaving it up to Atherin and Nickel.
2: No, not Nickel. They start chasing the launcher strike once it's kind of helpless because it's falling. But it's falling right into the smoke onto the Archangel. And they over-pursue, and the Archangel's cannons come right out of the smoke shooting at him, <laughs> Which is such a cool moment.
0: I really like that moment because Izak realizes... Athrin realizes because, like, they get above it and he can see the Archangel's shadow. You can't see the guns actually pointing at them, but Athrin realizes, I am in a very bad place right now, just before the guns fire. Oh, so then we get some of that stock
2: footage we were talking about earlier of the Archangel's guns all firing. I still really like the Valiant animation. Oh, it's really cool animation. I don't blame them for using it all the time. So the Strike turns off its armor once it's landed and just sort of drops these launcher stuff. Onto the top, I guess, and Mu comes flying back behind him with the ale strike, and we yet to see them actually do the midair equipment change, which they've talked about a couple times, but we haven't seen yet.
0: So
1: I the
2: assume... closest
0: we've seen was in space when uh, Mu ordered them to send out the launcher strike.
1: I assume based on the weird movement of the pack and like sword and shield as it's flying towards him that they have their own like autonomous. I think AI there's like some or sort or of
2: magnetic targeting thing going on. Laser targeting definitely gets mentioned at some point. And I talked during the Walt felt fight about how the strike pulling out the daggers felt like the last thing it should do. And then it kept using those daggers for three years after that. But this fight, we get to see the strike in all three of its forms. So this also kind of feels like the last thing it should do. And it's a cool showcase of all the reasons the strike is cool. As it equips the ale strike and regains power. Nickel reacts like it's the coolest thing in the world. And or like he just crapped his pants.
0: <laughs> and Atherin just gets a gets an eye narrow. And then Kira gets a very determined look on his face before attacking Nickel.
2: Yeah, Kira goes after Nickel with the beam saber. Nickel fires the grappling claw and Kira bitch pleases him by cutting it in half, which is a real cool shot. But Nickel gets to use his sort of like the blitzes weapon Arm theme. Thing? I really like that shield weapon. It's got the three missiles and then a beam saber on it and is a shield. And it's got a beam gun. So they're sort of in the standard beam rifle struggle while Moo goes after Athern for a change since Kira took out his main rival already. We then cut to above the fight where we see Tal just kind of watching and then he gets a real determined look on his face and dives randomly
0: straight on top of
2: the fight. Yeah, well, Kira and Nickel are kind of breaking up, pushing off each other. Nickel's about to shoot the missiles at him when Tal shoots his missiles at him instead, which don't really do much, but they distract Nickel for a second. And then Call kind of flies in his face, allowing Kira to blindside him and cut off the arm with the weapons system on it.
0: And then the- kick him off the ghoul and steal it. Kira is very good at kicks. He took that as a
1: secondary feat. Yep. I- improved unarmed combat. And then yes. Nickel
0: has a great scream as he's
2: falling into De'Araka's worst enemy's hand. Not his worst enemy, but... Rival. Yes, one of his many rivals. Kira and Atherin trade some fire. This actually is stock footage.
1: Not stock footage, but stuff we've seen before. I feel like they should be aiming for each other's ghouls as opposed to the actual mobile suits.
2: Yeah, that's how you can tell it's footage they've used before. That they've done that in space before.
0: They just strapped the ghouls. ghouls to the to the bottom of them and the animation and change the background.
2: Yeah. And so they're flashing back to their meeting by the fence last episode as they scream at each other. But Kira gets a shot right on the center ghoul, then flies his ghoul into it for some reason. I am the if feeling that they were already on
0: a head-on collision course. That makes and, sense. And uh, didn't have time to read. So Kira just react. jumps off.
2: I don't yeah. know how Kira controls that ghoul either. To be fair, I don't know how any of them control the <laughs> ghouls. But I can easily assume they installed a program for the other Gundams since they rewrote the OSs. Though Kira probably just wrote an OS, control <laughs> ghoul.exe, and we just didn't see that because the show assumed we'd know he could do that. As Atherin's falling, he turns into his crab form.
0: You shoot the big gun at Kira. Crab, crab people. <laughs> like, what do you call that? <laughs> no, it, you're totally right. It is a crab form. It's just so goofy.
2: But Kira dodges the big beams and lands on the Archangel. Which
0: immediately opens up with the Godfreeds again.
2: Which seem to get a glancing hit on the Aegis. I'm not sure how a glancing hit works with those, but whatever. Oh, you
0: know what? That is totally a freaking Reaper. When he's in his crab form, he looks like a
1: Reaper from Mass Effect.
0: I suppose, although this series well predates Mass Effect.
1: So, really, Reapers oh. from Mass Effect look like the awkward crab form of the ages. <laughs> there is a scene. For the fact that the Reapers in this look series, like a cuttlefish.
2: There is a scene later in this series. I swear Mass Effect just stole wholesale. But we'll get to that later. So, Hero just watches Ather falling, and Tal's like, hey, Kira, now I'll give you the sword so you can use all three forms. Which is Tal showing initiative, but I'm not really sure why Kira's getting so
1: aggressive. I'm also not really sure that the sword is the best weapon for this engagement. But, whatever.
0: No, in reality, it would be standing on top of the Archangel and just headshot.
1: Yeah, like, why even engage him at this point? Just pick him off from a distance. Yeah, boom Or just headshot. fly past him. Well, the Archangel opens up with all its main guns
2: on Athern, and we see his power fading as the phase ship has to block all these bullets. Uh, and Kira jumps down on him with a sword. And so he can do this cool jump move, really. That move's only available in sword form. He cuts the Aegis' gun in half, too, which is a good explosion, and leaves Athern only with the four beam sabers he has. What am I going to do with all these beam sabers? And e- even Lieutenant Badgerill is like, Kira, you're being too aggressive. Stop Stop guns. Though Kira at least tries to talk Athern down and tells him to retreat. But he's like, retreat is not an option. You said you'd kill me. Rah! So they get some cool screaming at each other dialogue. And I'm making fun of it. But I love whenever Kira and Athern are screaming at each other.
1: That is actually one of the main cruxes of the show.
2: And there's some cool sword fighting going on, too. There's a moment where Kira deflects a blade by punching Athern's arm away. There's a uh, moment where he just then punches him in the face and knocks him down. And it cuts out
0: the Aegis' armor.
2: As he falls to the ground, that's when the
0: armor fades and the beam sabers turn off. Well, it turns out there was a flaw in the phase shift armor that if you just punched the mech in the face, it cut the armor out.
1: Yeah, it turns out that they only put laser shielding on the face because who punches a mech in the face? Considering the
0: cockpit isn't
2: in the head. Kira, I don't need these weapons. I throw them away and punch you, Yamato. That's who. (laughs) Man, the guy has a lot of middle names. Yes. So Kira raises up the sword like he's considering stabbing him. When... uh. Nickel shows up. Hey, remember how the blitz can cloak? It's cloaked and he comes pretty out of nowhere since everyone else has been out of the fight this entire time. It doesn't seem like anyone's going to rejoin it. And he's missing an arm and seems to have one of the missiles from his weapon pack in his
1: other one. That he's trying to use as a spear.
2: Yeah. He uh, tells Atherin to run away and charges right at Kira stabbing for the cockpit and then depending on the version you're watching either trips into the sword (laughs) if you're watching the hd version because they george lucas the hell out of that or in the original version kira kind of sets himself and swings through i just
0: realized it's actually really awkward because when he trips into it the sword is reversed yeah it's not at the right angle for that yeah so it's like actually got the the back end that doesn't have the energy blade so even if he did just trip into it it would kind of knock him on his ass that's why han shot first kids
1: I like the frame that you froze on, though, because it looks like Nickel's actually having to, like a sweet light rave or something.
0: <laughs> As the beam starts penetrating the cockpit. He's dead. Like,
1: immediately. There is nothing else. Nickel is dead. Actually, my problem is with the amount of blood that comes out of that. Like, it should cauterize immediately with how hot those beam sabers are implied to be. Yeah, but the thing is, it would immediately incinerate the pilot. Also, that, yes.
0: There, there is no discussion. It is
1: especially after it goes through the armor and the metal there. So because Nickel dies instantly, he gets only a short anime character death speech.
2: We also get a lot of sparks from the blitz cuz it's going to blow up. It's not just going to be Nickel dies. We're going to get up a... and then he blew up. While Kira and Ather
1: both have shocked reactions, Kira's reaction is a little much. Like why would like I'm not sure why he's so shocked about this given that the last guy he killed was like, "Eh." Whatever, he was only oh, a minor no. villain.
0: I, I maintain that Kira just has as much grief for however much screen time the other character had, so...
1: That's his true superpower. He has plot sense. It yeah.
0: really seems like Kira has been watching this show along with us and realizes Nikhil is a
2: concert pianist who's just now getting some screen time and is Atherin's substitute best
0: friend since Kira can't be around. And he when, was a main character. When really, he doesn't even know who this guy is. I mean, I can kind of understand it from a certain point of view, considering he's been at odds with this pilot for so long. But they've never spoken. Like, if if it was one of those situations where there was some kind of a salute after they left, you know, kind of the honorable combat thing where the guys never actually meet, but they're on opposite sides for so long.
2: Which Isaac imagines he has with Kira. Yeah, (laughs) but
0: like you said, he doesn't know who nickel is he might as well just be miguel who he
1: killed at the beginning of the series actually a better alternate explanation is athens reacting that way because nickel just died kira's reacting that way because he just lost a sword inside of this other mobile suit now he has no weapons
0: he let go he has a boomerang like he had it he could have easily taken it back out he let go of the sword because he was so shocked
2: or because he knows that's gonna blow up and he doesn't have time to take it out I'm a little more critical of this scene than I was when I first watched it. I think it works well on a initial watching, but when you think about it too much, Kira is really reacting. And so is Atherin, but he should be, because Nickel's the only guy in the unit that has his back.
0: Yeah, Atherin should be reacting with this kind of regret, especially because we saw it before with Miguel and Rusty. He reacted really badly with to those two's deaths. And like, Nickel going down, who we've we know that he's friends with. He should be this busted up about it. But Kira, this is just another day.
1: This would work better if Kira's been getting progressively more traumatized by each subsequent.
2: Yeah, since death. he k- since he killed Walfelt, he's been having like flashbacks to that every time he kills someone. But this is a huge step from the last time. Although he did just like have time to think about it for the first time ever. That's he did true. just have some R and R and like the ability to feel regret, and clearly he's not happy with himself. He broke up with his girl. He refused to see his parents. He doesn't have, like, any real emotional reserve of that
0: anymore. The only other thing I can think of is that this is really probably the first time he's been on the offense. That's true. And so he he, wasn't actually anticipating it going this far. Like, part of him wasn't thinking it would end up like this when he jumped off the Archangel after Atherin. That's true. Here he absolutely
2: had the option to just stay on the Archangel and leave. And he actually pursued... That's a good point.
0: But I think that's reaching to explain a fault in storytelling. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're really giving it too much credit, I think.
0: (laughs) To be fair, you say fault in storytelling, and I understand
2: it. But the first time I watched it, I didn't have any of these thoughts. Well, Well, the first time I
1: watched it, I did. Okay.
2: But you also watch it for a critical examination podcast. That is true. (laughs) So, uh, Nicol tells Athern to run, and then his visor cracks, and... And fills up with blood. That's
1: important. And the new ending song we get starts. Yeah, which is actually freak it like especially the way nickel just dies and these ending scenes Nichols, i don't know
2: if they're his last words or just his last thoughts to himself before he dies are my piano who's gonna
1: oil the keys and then he blowed up <laughs> and nathan's like oh well i really didn't expect that
2: <laughs> like he said was like kira ah is f- the power <laughs> kira is freaking out
1: he's my twitching. sword
2: <laughs> he's twitching he's breaking up it looks like he's gonna scream but instead, we get the obligatory scream from Ather, and as he yells out, FOR Nickel! And that's the episode. In the HD version, like I said, we get a new ending. We just got one in the original version, so this go- one comes a little later. But yeah, it's, uh, like the first one, it's just ruined mobile suits in the background and various characters in the foreground. But in the first ending, all the characters look kind of forlorn and wistful. And this, they all look so happy, except for Maru. It, and honestly... It's tough for me to watch this ending sometimes just because Gundam Sea gets kind of bloody from here on out and so many of these characters don't make it.
1: I and- actually really like at the very bottom where uh, Kigali and Athrun are like intertwining fingers a little bit.
0: Although well, I remember right,
1: I like how they're at the bottom, just barely in the
0: background of the chain of orb kids. Kira are, uh, Kigali and Athrun are at the bottom where uh, Kira and Lacus are at the top. Yeah,
2: characters at the top don't fare very well. So yeah, that's... Episode 27, The Turning Point. Like I said, it's really hard for me not to just rush into the next episode after this one. But what do you guys think of it?
1: I really liked this one. The fight scenes were well choreographed.
0: It's one of the best fights in the series, in my opinion. Certainly, the smokescreen is a real good, like,
2: modifier on the fight. And then we get to see all the strikes forms. It's real emotional.
1: I was legitimately not expecting Nickel to die. That kind of came out of nowhere for me, So, which I think is kind of the point. It's supposed to be a gut punch.
2: See, I agree, but Zack always said he saw it coming because of that earlier scene
0: with Nickel. Yeah. To me, it was pretty choreographed that Nickel was going to die.
1: Well, I knew he was going to die. I was not expecting it to happen this episode. I expected, like, a couple episodes out from this.
0: So,
2: were you expecting that to be the impetus for Athern to, like, go berserker and become the main villain, or...?
1: I'm definitely assuming that it's like i was asking earlier like at what point does atherin just give up on kira and i feel like that's probably going to be the primary motivation from here on is like i gave you all these chances and then he killed my only friend
2: nicole now i will think about him and the cherry blossoms and i'll confuse memories so i think i gave him the bird actually that sounds like a direction gundam seed could go
1: and Lack has made me the horos <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right so tyler what's your high point then
1: uh that is a tough question, actually. Um, somewhat facetiously, I'm going to say Rambo's spiffing ascot.
2: Okay, that's very facetious. <laughs> Zach, what about
1: you?
0: Nickel dying. You don't like him or that you think the death is good? I don't really like Nickel to begin with, but knowing what this starts, and I like the implications of that it's for a, the storyline. It's a very well-named episode,
1: certainly. Actually, my, my real high point is a uh, Kigali covering for Kira as they're sailing out, just because it's a very Kigali thing to do. Really, all the Kigali scenes are kind of my favorite. But. Kigali's a cool character. It's sad we won't see much of her in the near future.
2: I guess my high point is the Archangel's smoke screen, especially that part where Athern and Nicol over-pursue and almost get shot. Either that or Athern and Kira just screaming as loud as possible. <laughs> Although we get some choice screaming next episode.
1: Choice screaming. What about low points, Tyler? Not quite enough flay this episode. That's
2: true. She's just kind of being despondent.
1: Like, they obviously went out of their way to show the fact that she is being despondent, but...
0: What about you, Zach? Zach and Diarka totally bitching out of the fight. Oh, no, we were totally grounded. We couldn't do anything,
2: Atherne. We had water in our Gundams. I suppose mine kind of is the ending. But only because I overanalyzed it, because I decided I wanted to do a Gundam Seed podcast. I've watched this series a lot, and this is the first time I really realized how weird Kira's reaction to all this is. Because emotionally, as a viewer, it's the right reaction, and Kira is the sort of audience yeah, point he's of our view lens. character. Right. So it makes sense from that point
0: of view, but... He doesn't have access to the script. He doesn't know yeah, what the yeah. reaction
1: should be for the audience. It's, it's like a fridge logic thing, right? Yeah.
0: Emotionally, it's exactly the right
2: thing, which is why it's not terrible. Gundam Seed Destiny later, we'll get the emotional and the plot specific stuff wrong. Here, we only got wrong one, and I think the emotions are the more important part of Gundam Seed. Yeah. All right. So then we have our game.
1: This is the last time we're going to score any points for a while. I. Is is it. Athrun and Kira dialogue time? No, those timestamps don't make any
2: sense. So we've advanced from 5 minutes and 42 seconds last episode to 7 minutes 50 this episode. I... So we, cool. We,
1: we, we got a little over 2 minutes this episode.
2: Yes, 2 minutes 8 seconds this episode.
1: Of what? Kigali time? Is it Kigali's screen time? I feel like she's on screen. Warmer. Pa- <laughs> I just... How long Toll lives? Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly Toll's going to die. But his foil character died. How could Toll die? Yeah, no, I'm having a really hard time guessing what this game is.
2: Yeah, I don't expect you to get it. <laughs> Do we want to put a mobile suit on the list? I feel like... We really haven't gotten any we, new ones. The, the thing is, we haven't put the uh, Zauts on it, and they don't really get another showcase. The hell's a zoo. It's the one with the cannons that uh, Walt was like, the hell are they sending me these for?
0: Oh, the like, artillery mechs? Yeah. We can do that later.
1: <laughs> to be fair, what the hell were the synonym those for?
2: Yeah. So, join us next time for episode 30. Wow,
1: we're almost done with this series. 20 more, but yeah. more than halfway. 28 slash 30, depending on the version you're watching. Yeah.
2: Flashing Blades, which is got my- Is this the best fight scene in the series? This is my favorite fight scene in Gundam, this next episode. I don't want to oversell it too
1: much. Even the one with Gundam Hammer from the original Gundam?
0: Yes. I couldn't remember if that was the episode immediately following or if they decided to slow it down. They do not hit the brakes. Good.
2: We've had enough of that slow shit, Norb. Now we are go, go, go. For now. But when we slow down, it's the best. It kind of is. They sneak another clip episode in and you don't even notice.
0: (laughs) No, they actually, they, they really do. It's
2: fantastic. So, join us next time for Flashing Blades. I'm very excited. I actually kind of am too.
1: I really want that to be the subtitle. Flashing Blades, colon, I'm very excited.
2: (laughs) Uh, No one's excited next episode. (laughs) Except for by the literal definition of excited. Bye. Podcast Production, copyright 2019.